We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 161. It's a special edition. We said if the Yankees make a trade, we're going to be doing a special episode. Scott, the Yankees have made a big trade. They've traded Jeffrey Ramirez to Baltimore for international signing pool money. Signing money, signing money. I didn't even know that was a thing. We, I think this is the second time they've done that. That's that's uh, They're stocking up this money, big time. Going after that Japanese guy, he's going to be Babe Ruth. As a pitcher and a hitter, awesome. At least they did nothing. At least they didn't do nothing at the trade deadline, right? That was a big move. And oh, yeah, uh, they got some guy named Sonny Gray. Oh, Sonny Gray. Oh, yeah, now we have a legit pitcher. Oh, it actually happened. I, I thought that was just uh, fake news on Twitter because there were 18,000 reports. Well, no, the reports kept coming. It's real news. It's real news. 
I love that the reports all morning just kept coming. The Yankees in Oakland are in serious talks but about Sonny Gray, but nothing is imminent. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that tweet. That That's really important for me to read. Sources say they have not spoken in three hours and 25 minutes. Deal is imminent. <laughs> it came down at 3 o'clock, though, with an hour to spare. I thought this was going to be like a 3.57 p.m. deadline deal, and they were, everyone was going to be scrambling and freaking out because you remember there were some years where it would wind down to 4 o'clock hour and the Yankees would have not done anything, and people are starting to freak out. Well, I think once... Uh What's his uh, Francisco Liriano actually went to Houston. I feel like that took Houston out of the out of the mix, and then there were only two teams that were competing for two guys. So I have a feeling it became very clear what was going to happen behind the scenes. It, you know, you Darvish was going to the Dodgers. It looked like they had been in negotiations for a while with him. I didn't really hear much about the Yankees. You know, talked about with you Darvish, and then everything and everybody was saying it was Sonny Gray to the Yankees and. Really, that was it. The Astros, possibly the Dodgers, but Yankees are the front runners, which I don't even know how you could be a front runner in negotiations when two people are doing it and nobody else has any idea what's happening in those negotiations. I don't know how you have a front runner at that point. But anyway, the it seemed like those were the, the two teams that were negotiating um, for those two players. So I have a feeling it was ready to go. They just were working out the small details. And Brian Cashman did his job once again. Those details are Jorge Mateo, Dustin Fowler, and James Caprellian to Oakland for Sonny Gray. Yes. That deal came through, and I actually read, I just saw Fowler, and I just read Florial. I, <laughs> I just was reading it so quickly, and I just assumed. F, outfielder, that's got to be Florial. Didn't even think. J- Dustin Fowler and James Caprellian didn't even come in my mind as possible trade chips because they're injured, and they have major injuries. So we've been talking about this trade for at least two weeks, and the names James Caprillion and Dustin Fowler did not come up one time since we discussed this because, like you, I thought they were not even on the table. I didn't think that was a potential consideration. I, I, I still don't understand how Brian Cashman could go out and sell two guys that have major— these are not small injuries. I mean, Dustin Fowler's injury was as bad as it possibly gets looking— now, granted, he can come back from it. Theoretically, he can come back from it with no issue. Caprillion, who's a pitcher, had surgery on the arm that he needs to throw the ball over the plate <laughs> and is out for two years, basically. And they got rid of him. Only one I mean, year for Oakland. I guess, yeah, one year. But it's a, a, a solid two years, two-year injury before you're even right. And who knows if you are come back right. There are plenty of guys that do not come back right. So, look... I didn't think that anybody would even consider those two guys for for somebody. Uh, you know, I thought obviously that I thought everything on the table was going to be healthy people that are contributing that don't have giant question marks about how they come back and if they are the same player and if they can continue their progression when they come back from a major injury. It's uh, it's it's kind of baffling me even just talking about this now. This is the first time I've talked about it out loud, <laughs> and I uh, I have a lot of a lot of a lot of credit needs to go to Brian Cashman because this guy just time after time after time is putting together significantly good deals for the New York Yankees. So you're in the camp that thinks that Billy Bean got another one taken over on him. Dude, if you even try to sit here and tell me he's a Hall of Fame general manager after <laughs> this, yeah, you know, I will laugh. I will just laugh you Can out of the wait? building. Can we no. wait to see how this trade works out for Oakland? What Billy Bean did 
was he got Jorge Mateo, who we said last time has a lot of skills. He's got a lot of tools. He's Billy toolsy. Bean loves toolsy guys. He right. got Dustin Fowler and Caprellian, who are both injured, but who both will not need a lot of seasoning once they come back. They just need to get healthy, and then he's probably going to put them right in the major leagues. Both Obviously, Fowler was already in the major leagues, and Caprellian was damn close to making the major leagues this season. Fowler is such a prototypical Moneyball guy. It's so perfect. I'm telling you, they went in with these proposals and they were just like Moneyball heavy. Like whatever intern put the the paperwork together for the proposal so that there was something on paper, Cash was just like, throw a whole shit ton of numbers in there. I don't care what they are. Make up some acronyms. Do whatever you got to do. Make a, do anything. Just give me numbers and make them look positive. Make sure he's on base a lot. Make Just let's skew the numbers so that he's on base a lot. Billy, Billy, I, look at this crazy. lookup table in this Excel spreadsheet. Dustin Fowler, <laughs> trade for him. Isn't that guy, yeah. Yeah, does, didn't he blow up his knee about three weeks ago? Ah, forget that. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, he gets on base on it. I love it. It's great. It's, it's I don't know. I, I just, I can't even, uh, it's it's like you're you're giving Jorge Mateo, uh, that was obviously the, the centerpiece of the deal. Because he's healthy, I mean, just that gives him the advantage to me when you're talking about these, the two other guys. But, you know, he's he's a guy that was really blocked in the system, and there there was really no, not a, a spot for him. And we had talked about how he had, you know, he's playing multiple positions at this point, so he's more attractive. But I think he's more attractive to other teams, not really the Yankees. And they did a good job. They developed him. They got him past that little hump um, that, that he had in, in single A. And they, they showcased him and in multiple positions. So kudos to everybody in the Yankees organization about that. Good job. Because I don't honestly think he's going to be a great major league player. Let's talk about it player by player. We're obviously going to get to Sonny Gray and what we think that means for the Yankees. Uh, little teaser, I think both Scott and I are, are thrilled that the Yankees now have Sonny Gray on the team. He makes them a lot better for this year and the next couple years. But Jorge Mateo, like you just said, he's blocked in the system. I think the Yankees have been trying to trade him for like a year and a half at this point. And they were just waiting to where his value was something where they were comfortable trading him. Trading him. Getting Sonny Gray back, I think that makes Brian Cashman thrilled with what they can get for Jorge Mateo. Yeah, because for a long time they they thought they had missed their opportunity when they when they turned down that trade for for um Kimbrel. I can't think of his name right now. Thank you. Kimbrel for at San Diego. You know, that was that was a big deal. And then all of a sudden I mean he was an untouchable at that point. He was the guy in the system that was the untouchable. And when they passed up on that trade and then Mateo comes in the next year and has a down year, you know, egg on the face for somebody if Mateo doesn't come back and you pass up on that trade. But what they did is, is Mateo, they gave Mateo, obviously, the, the, uh, enough time um, to show that he has the skill. He went into to double-A and did very well when he got there. So all of these things did a lot, of, a lot of good for Mateo's stock. And as soon as it went up, as high as it could go, Cashman's like, I'm not making that mistake again. Boom. <laughs> Give me Sonny Gray. And look, you're looking at Sonny Gray and, and then Kimbrell. I mean, I mean that's, that's good value. Absolutely. And... With with Mateo, I think uh, a lot of people are are upset because he had they he's they was I heard a lot of people saying he's the only guy with eighty grade tool in the system and he's got an eighty grade speed and that's great and all but if there's one aspect of a game that I think um, I'm okay with giving up it's if he's got the eighty grade speed okay that sucks but it's not like he had eighty grade power or something like that. Yeah, and the other thing about his speed, and we talked about this when looking at his numbers, he he uh, he stole a lot of bases, but he got thrown out a lot too. 
I mean, go look at their numbers if you go back. I don't have them in front of me, the stolen base numbers, but it was a very high percentage that he was being thrown out. So I'm, I'm not, I wasn't sold that he was a great base stealer. He had plus-plus speed, and that was getting him by. But, you know, I'm not sure he's able to do that when he gets to the major leagues. The, the pickoff moves are a lot better. Obviously, the catchers are a lot better. So, you know, there were even question marks to me with that type of thing. And we see how these, you know, a lot of these guys who rely on their speed – the majority of them, I mean, there's no doubt there's exceptions, but a lot of them, they don't have long careers. They fade off, and once those legs start going, you start seeing huge holes in their game. And to me, you're already seeing holes in Mateo's game. I'm just not sure he's going to be a good major league player in the, at all anyway. So I think he, he's a, he's going to be a stud in the minor leagues, but I don't know, man. I'm, I think the, the ship is still out or the, on him as a major league player. He also may or may not have an attitude problem. Because he may or may not, that's true. We don't know. That's what we've read. And he went up to Double A this year and started lighting it up, and that's great. But last year, they he felt I think that he needed to get called up sooner than he did uh, from Single A to Double A, and it didn't happen. And he kind of was in a bad mood, and they had to set him straight. Yeah, and there were guys passing him. I mean, Tyler Wade got the bump up, except for uh, instead of him. And you know that that rubbed him wrong. I mean, he thought he was the guy, and. You know, I, I don't know if that still plays into it, if it's just a maturity thing. I mean, usually I chalk that up for just a, a young guy being a young guy and, you know, cocky and thinking, or not, maybe not cocky, but confident in himself. And, you know, they've always been treated like the number one for their entire life. Then they get into pro ball and they realize, oh, there's a bunch of other guys that are very good also. So I, I think that's an adjustment and that's a maturity thing too. But um, look, there's no doubt that he could be a good player. There's, I mean, I could be absolutely wrong and he could be a, a very good major league player. The, we will see. I, we will see. But there was no place for him in the Yankee system, and uh, and I think Cashman sold at a very high point uh, after realizing that he he does have a uh, a basement that he can go to as well. And if he does that again, then they're pretty much screwed on value. And for Dustin Fowler, what a wild month and a half it's been for him. He gets called up, blows up his knee, is out for the season. It's a sad story. If he doesn't do that in Chicago, and he's probably still on the Yankees right now playing, and Clint Frazier is in AAA at this point. Yeah, it's funny how things work out. I mean, it's pretty crazy. He's had definitely a, a tough ride, and I, I hate to lose a guy like that because I, I was rooting for him. Um, obviously, we all were, but I think a lot of us were looking forward to his comeback too and just rooting for that guy on the on the trail back next year. So um, that's one thing that was a, a little bit down. But you know what? He's going to have a really good opportunity to get healthy and play a ton in Oakland. So, you know, it's, it's probably better for him as a player. And uh, Fowler was the guy that um, Donnie Collins called the best player in Scranton other than Gleyber Torres. Yeah, and he's been passing a lot of people in the outfield standings. I mean, he's the guy that, that most people, most scouts actually had higher rated than Clint Frazier. I mean, they were talking about that. He, he was, was he was the next guy, not Clint Frazier. Here's what I think they did with Dustin Fowler. And and I because I said at the beginning of the show how I said I thought it was Floreal because I saw the F. So the Yankees have such depth in their outfield right now. Obviously, they have Aaron Judge and they have Clint Frazier, who's been lighting it up since he's been here. He looks like he you can count on him to be the left fielder going forward. They've got then Aaron Hicks, who's coming back from injury, and you've got Gardner and Ellsbury. A lot of depth in the outfield currently at the big league level. Dustin Fowler was big league ready. So they figured, okay, let's take a shot with Floreal, who has a higher ceiling than Dustin Fowler, who's further away from all the guys in the major leagues, further away uh, from Dustin Fowler, and let me sell on Dustin Fowler right now. And you probably sold low on him because he's injured, 
But you kind of are – it was Cashman saying instead of giving up Florial, who has a high ceiling, I don't want to give up him and Mateo. How about I give you Dustin Fowler instead? You know, it was it was kind of a similar situation to what Ben Gamble got traded for. You know, he, it was just a – it was a numbers game almost. And Ben Gamble was – ready for the major leagues at that point, but there was really no place for him at that, you know, when he was, uh, when he was ready and, and he would have been staying in triple a, uh, and, and he was, you know, he was beyond that at, at his point of his, um, development as a player. So I agree with that. I, I think that because of, because of the, the reason we have all these guys that are absolutely ready right now, you can wait. And everybody keeps talking about you and I, I don't know a lot about Florio. I'm going to be doing some research on him now because our, our, uh, our, our prospect system is very different right now. It looks a lot, a lot of different names that we got to get up on, but um, he's now the number, I believe, number four prospect in the system now. Yeah, and he's 19 years old, I believe. So yeah. this is a guy that 19 years old, and they're talking about him when he was down in Charleston, which is low A, with Blake Rutherford. They had him higher than Blake Rutherford. A lot of people did. Yeah, it depends. I think for whatever reason, Florio kind of you know? skyrocketed the last month. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, that's a good thing for sure. for the Yankees in their system because now they have a rising guy who is, uh, you know, every, if you look if you look at Twitter and you and you want to learn about Florio, you'll think he's Michael Jordan basketball version of uh, of 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 him for baseball. I mean, you think that this guy is like the second coming. There's a lot of people very 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 high on him, and I just don't know enough about him to to speak on on his skills or his abilities. I know he's young and good and. Um, I'll learn more about him, but that's, I'm glad that they, if they are that high on him, I'm glad they kept the younger guy. The James Caprellian part of this is also interesting because there were reports that Cashman actually offered Chance Adams and Billy Bean said, no, I'd rather have Caprellian, even though he just had Tommy John surgery this spring. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that a confirmed report or is that just like Twitter floating some stuff out there? No, the, this some... was, you yeah, know, this was a confirmed report of, of talks between Bean and, uh, and Cashman. The, it's interesting to because I, I guess Caprillion has the higher upside. You, you look at him, you look at his stature. He's a bigger dude. He probably has that more um, the prototypical pitcher that that you'd want as a uh, general manager. But you know my opinions on Caprillion. I didn't think he was going to have a long career in the first place. I thought he was going to get injured, and then he did. And I still think this guy has a long uh, a long way to go as far as injuries. I, I, just the way he throws, I have a feeling he's going to be. Um, injured quite a bit. I just it just doesn't look right the way he throws. So look, he's going to be one I, of these I, I what if guys. Ha- he's going to be what if he can just stay healthy his whole career, yeah, just exactly. like Mark Pryor. And I don't want that. I want nothing to do with those guys. Those guys, those guys are hard to watch because because they, they never actually get they there and they you. never get there. They go, they get, they get uh, into a major league game and they throw seven innings of fourteen strikeout ball, but then they're on the DL a week later. Oh please. I know where that's going. The, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I just, I, I think it was, I think, I think Brian Cashman was so freaking smart with the way that he traded these guys. I re- I just can't get over the fact that they, someone actually bit on this. I really can't. And the fact that it was Billy Bean just makes my life so, so much happier. So you really think he fleeced him? I do. I really do. Cause I don't think Caprillion, I, I don't see a long career with Caprillion. I see, like you're saying, I see a, a you know a couple spurts. Um, Dustin Fowler, like he's a nice player, but is he a? St- no, I think he's more like a. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of guys coming from Oakland that like an Eric Burns type player. That's how I see him. I see him as that kind of guy. 
Uh, I got a beautiful tweet for you from Joel Sherman, and I tagged you in it, so I know you've already seen it. But execs have told me, meaning Joel, that the Donaldson trade will make Billy Bean even more determined not to undersell on Sonny Gray. So yeah. Billy Bean has has uh, Josh Donaldson PTSD, which is what we've been talking about for about a year. Yeah, it's so ridiculous that that there are, there are reports about this too. It's like, it's like he's trying to keep it a secret because he's you know he wants to keep his his cards close to the vest. But but I, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna not be undersold because he's got reservations because he got fleeced once before. It's just so ridiculous. It's really such a ridiculous tweet. But yeah, no, it's pretty easy. It's pretty obvious now to me that Billy Bean is a freaking easy target. And <laughs> he, he's just, he's the guy that everybody's going after because he's fleeceable. And uh, it's been happening twice. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we predicted that Cashman was going to do it. And I think he did it. So Moneyball 2 is going to be about how uh, Billy Bean has just been fleeced time after time over the last few years. Yeah, it's going to be the anti-Moneyball. It's going to be the the. It's going to debunk Moneyball is what it's going to do. That's the next movie. It's going to be about Brian Cashman and actually how you truly build a team, not some bullshit throwing some numbers out there that made Hollywood and and everybody thinks it looks cool. No, it's uh, it's young guys that have talent that are healthy, not injured. I tweeted this out just before the about an hour before the Yankees actually pulled off the trade for Sonny Gray. I asked, "How disappointed would you be one to ten if the Yankees do not trade for Sonny Gray?" So, what's your answer? What would have been your answer? Um, I, I wouldn't have been that disappointed. I probably would have been at like a six. Yeah, I was. I, I was about a five. Yeah, and I was impartial at that, that point. It's not to say that I, I'm upset they made the trade in fact the opposite i'm happy they made the trade but i think i'm I'm happy because of what i see that they gave up they didn't overpay and also yeah. sunny gray does help them this year and for the future but it's not I, I it wasn't a situation where i remember a couple years ago when there were talks about the yankees getting cliff lee so many of those talks and we were like okay well now him and sabathia together that's going to take us over the top and then that didn't happen and you're like well crap our pitching staff is now in a dire situation that I didn't have that feeling at this point. And I, I think I had a similar position because, you know, we've talked about Sonny Gray a lot in the past and it hasn't just been this, this trade deadline. We've talked about him in the off season. We've talked about him probably at last trade. Deadline. He's just been in, in, in conversation as a, as a, as a trade target for a while. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I have always said about Sonny Gray is that he also worries me about, about injuries, the way he throws. And he's got an injury history. I mean, he's got a whole bunch of strains, forearms, shoulders. We trapezius. just looked it up. We just looked yeah. it up before we started recording. May of 2016, strained right trapezius, which we figured out is like the upper middle back near the neck muscle. Uh, we yeah. don't know if that's different from the trapezoid, and we're not going to keep searching the internet to find out. Then August of 2016, strained right forearm, and then April of this year, strained right shoulder. So, a couple of right so the, arm injuries in, in that history. Yeah, the, the, if the back injury, if that's actually what it is, is... Uh, well, it's a muscle. Just, I mean, that's a different... It a, a seems like a pull. fluky thing. A muscle yeah, pull like, is not a, as serious as like if it was a disc issue or something like that. No, I'm not worried about that one at all. The the right forearm is is worrisome, and then the right shoulder obviously is worrisome. So those are the two you got to circle. They they look like they're strained, so um, you know they they were probably being very careful with him as well. But that's that's just one of those things that you you really we definitely have to circle. Like hopefully this guy can stay healthy. That's a big that's a big deal. Um, 
and and if he if he's injured, then you know this trade could look very different if he's an injured player. Although he did give up two injured players, so I don't really know how you graded at that point. It's freaking like let's can we just, just you, let's give just me hope. your broken guy and I'll take my your broken guy. Yeah, can we just hope when we look at this trade in four years that we're not in the same situation of trying to figure out who won the deal, like with uh, Jose uh, Jesus Montero and um, Michael Pineda. Pineda, yeah, because that changed. As the wind went with Pineda. As, <laughs> and we as don't his even arms know. Flailed, we thought we as lost. As his arms flailed, the trade changed. We thought Yankee fans lost just from having to watch Pineda pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, that's the big thing for him. I mean, obviously he's controlled. The, we, we, did the, we went all CSI on his contract too, which wasn't very hard work. But he's on a one-year deal, 3.5 million. Uh, and then he's in arbitration for the next two years, uh, undrafted free agent in 2020. So he's controlled for two and a half years. We knew that. It's at a very good price. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at a potential 2-3 in the rotation, I mean, that's that's really not a ton to give up for a, a guy that that could be you know a second or third guy in your rotation and be a significant impact player late in a season. He's significant upgrade over what they were going to be rolling out, which was Caleb Smith and Luis Sessa. So even Garcia was an upgrade over those two guys. But you add Sonny Gray with Severino, who were recording in the middle of Monday night's game. Severino got them through five innings somehow, just on pure will. Didn't yeah. pitch great, but was just out there throwing darts. Severino, Tanaka, CC, Montgomery, Jaime Garcia and Sonny Gray, that's six legit starting pitchers. And I know they're not going to go to a six-man rotation. Girardi's already said that. Sounds like Montgomery's going to be the odd man out, either in the bullpen or down to AAA. I feel like Montgomery has kind of pitched his way into that situation with three bad starts since the All-Star break. But at least now they have insurance, too. If someone does go down with injury, you're not calling up Caleb Smith. You'd be calling up Jordan Montgomery, and you feel pretty confident in that. Yeah, and I got to believe that if that is the case and he is the odd man out, there's no way he's going to the bullpen. He's going to go to AAA and stay stretched out and be that next guy up if they do need it because I feel like that's the you know one of the biggest reasons they got Garcia was so that they do have that depth. And if they were to change Montgomery into a relief pitcher, then you're kind of losing that depth again. So I, I fully expect him to, uh, if he does get sent down, if he does lose that job, he'll go into AAA and just basically wait until he's needed again. Because guess what? He's going to be needed again. And maybe this is lending some evidence to you calling uh, Brian Cashman uh, a ninja in this point because he acquired Sonny Gray, Tommy Canley, David Robertson, Todd Frazier, Jaime Garcia with only giving up one player from the major league roster, that player being Tyler Clippard, and not trading any of the top five prospects when we went into this uh, trade deadline. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> not to Put another one on the belt, dude. I mean, that's crazy. This guy is um, he's really cementing a legacy with these trades. He is a phenomenal trade trading GM. I mean, he really is. He, he's I, I wish I wish that, that he get that he had all of these uh, the, the, these abilities with the free agency and he had the you know the ability to go out and do the, the deals that he wanted. I still am I'm still on the camp that uh, it was a much higher up decision for Jacoby Ellsbury. I, I just can't believe the same guy is making these decisions for well, Jacoby Ellsbury the and making these trades. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And it's almost like when you give a kid a blank check, he's just going to go crazy. And sometimes I think Cashman did that with, with some of the, the free agent deals he handed out. But when he, yeah. when he has to do the hard work, the negotiating against supposedly one of the best GMs out there, Billy Bean, it looks like he did a pretty good, 
pretty damn good job. Supposedly, yeah, supposedly one of the best GMs. It's <laughs> a nice way to put it. Um, hey, yeah, there's no a, movie made blue... about Brian Cashman. That's all I know. Maybe not there will yet. be. Maybe there'll be a not book. Yet. Maybe there'll be a behind the scenes about how he's like uh, a master negotiator and he's and he's an assassin in the in the uh, in the war room or something like that. But we don't know that yet. No, but it's there's evidence. That's what that's that's why I like it. Evidence I like is that on the, the fact, field. I like you know what the other thing we don't know that we don't know all the specific details and that's that's beautiful because he's keeping it close to his vest. He's not showing his card. He's not going out and you know we're not getting beat writers talking about strategy of a particular GM in the New York Yankees. That's not happening. Nobody's talking about that stuff because he says what he needs to say and he's playing poker like he should. He's keeping these negotiations private and these guys are not leaking out information. It's the right way to go. It's the best way to go. And it's paying dividends right now. It's uh, it's good stuff. I'm super pumped. He's going to get a giant contract. Here's the question on everyone's mind. How does this change expectations for 2017? It's a big deal. I mean, it absolutely changes. Well, I don't... It, it changes expectations to the point now that now I, I do believe that this team, and I think fans will also think that they can not only make the playoffs, but make a legitimate push into the playoffs and contend for a World Series. That's absolutely on the line. The offense is definitely good enough. The bullpen is definitely good enough. And now you just solidified the rotation with another guy that's a 27-year-old, quote, ace of a team that was before, but he's a 2-3 on this team. And then you have some other depth moves with, with, another, uh, with Garcia as another veteran guy. I mean, that looks like a, a, a rotation that could make some noise in uh, the playoffs. Here's how it changes it for me. It's very similar to what you just said, but I was treating this second half stretch run as gravy. If they made the playoffs, great. They took a lot of strides in the first half. They made a lot of steps. We saw progress and building for the future. Now, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. If they go down to the stretch run and it's them and the Red Sox battling for the AL East and they just barely miss the division, fine. That happens if, if, they, if they gave it a tough run, but... They need to really play some serious baseball in the second half, or I think it's a complete disappointment. And I do agree with you. This team can win the World Series now. They could not win the World Series before they traded for Sonny Gray and before they traded for all those bullpen arms. Now this team can. They're not the favorite. I wouldn't pick them as the favorite, but they are a contender for a World Series. Yeah, I mean, even when you look up and down the American League now too, and um, McCullers just went on the DL as well, Houston has some question marks in the starting rotation. Now, they have kryptonite. <laughs> they have the Yankees kryptonite. Granted, it was the old Yankees, not the new Yankees. It was the old Yankees and Dallas Keuchel who just gives these this team fits. And a lot of that was because they were all left-handed batters. But the, the Yankees seem to have uh, you know the ability to combat that at this point. But they're, I, I still believe you got to put them as the favorites in the American League right now with the way that they're playing. And they're just a, they're a hell of a team. Um, and then, obviously, on the other side, you got the Cubs who were are starting to play baseball and, you know they just are like oh we, we woke up we're, we're not hung over anymore from this world series we got to start playing again and that's what they're doing um and then they obviously got some uh, some upgrades in their pitching and then the dodgers the dodgers are having a freaking historical Ridiculous. year right now and they added just added darvish that's insane yeah they could win over 110 games in this year they're gonna it's, they're actually it's, on pace to match the yankees in 1998 114 yeah that's crazy that's uh that's ridiculous that's a lot of that's a lot of wins um, and that's that's what's even more impressive for that, actually, is if you look in that division, they have some other good teams. I mean, Colorado and Arizona are playing pretty well this year. 
uh, I think the last time I looked, I haven't looked in the National League in a while, but they were leading the the uh, wild card. So three teams from that division were coming going into the playoffs. The last time I looked, I don't know if that still stands, but that's a that's a lot of competition within the division. So that's a lot of games within that division that they're still winning. So it's impressive. Um, I think we yeah, need to take a step back there. and look at a one year since trading Andrew Miller and Carlos Beltran and Araldis Chapman for all those prospects. You and I are sitting on this podcast saying the Yankees can win a World Series this year. It's amazing. And it's all Brian Cashman. <laughs> it really is. It, it is insane. I mean, it's Brian Cashman in the sense that he acquired all those players and built up the farm system, but a lot of them have hit. Gary Sanchez he, he, in the second half of last year, uh, Aaron Judge in the first half of this year, the pitching, Severino took the next step. A lot of things have gone right for the Yankees. Hey, man, he put the band together. You know, these guys never would have met each other until Brian Cashman was like, you, 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 and you. You're on this team. You guys are, are going to play good baseball together. And this team's even gelling. I mean, like, the chemistry's even good. It's it's amazing. The, he's he's doing uh, an, an all-world job as the general manager. And the guys are playing. So he can't make them play well. They're doing that. But he did a hell of a job putting this team together. It's it's really impressive. And I don't want to add insult to injury, but imagine if they just played mediocre in June and July and they just played 500 ball over that stretch or a couple games under 500, they'd be in a much stronger position even than they are right now, which I think, considering David Price is injured, they are favored over the Red Sox to win the division right now. Hey, man, struggle builds character. That's what we need. We need some character on this team. These young guys are going through a little bit of adversity going to come out of it. They're going to be stronger for it for the next three to four years. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to look back on this losing streak. And we're like, that was the time. That was the time where these guys looked in the mirror. They all got each other's back and they came out and played some ridiculous baseball and they won a World Series on the start of a dynasty. I hope we're not getting too high. <laughs> I'm over. Yeah, I'm sure this is all overreaction, but it's way more fun to overreact right now. Way more fun. I'm more, I'm more at home when I'm negative and, I, and I'm, I'm in a depressed state when it's with the Yankees that's when I feel most comfortable yeah but you haven't been negative in a while you've changed your tune my friend change your tune I like it I this go, is it. my mood goes with the Yankees if the Yankees are winning I'm positive if the Yankees are losing I'm very negative I, I think that's normal for I'd say at least half of our listeners yeah it's true but look, hey, things are going well. They they got the right guys. There's definitely and the beautiful thing. Not even if you're looking at all these trades and what's happening on the major league roster and and the the prospects that they've gotten rid of, they still have a ton of dudes in the minor leagues that can still come up and help. Chance Adams is still there. Justice Sheffield still getting getting ready in Double A. There are guys that are that are very possibly major contributors into the future in the minor league system now. Still there, along with all these controllable major league guys that Cashman has gotten. That's the beauty of it. He didn't just do it for one year. He did it for like two to three years. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I can't even. I, I get even more. Sad. Like, Every time I yeah, talk it is crazy. I, I don't know. Sad. I don't know. I don't know what else to add. I mean, really, there were some good reactions from some of the players and managers. Girardi said ownership and the front office have given us an opportunity to do something special. Now we have to go out and do it. Um, Dustin Fowler said he was completely shocked when he found out that he was being traded and that Brian Cashman came up to him about 30 minutes before the deal was actually announced. And then CC, and then maybe we'll end it with this CC with a, with a classic line. We're back to the same old Yankees. The goal is to win the World Series. We're here now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. 
Dustin Fowler didn't even know he was on the radar to get traded because he was like, I'm hurt. I'm not getting traded. Right. You'd think, you'd think it almost seems counter. It, it almost seems unfair. Like guys who are injured for the season should not be on the trade block. Hey, all I know is I saw Caprillion the other day. I saw Instagram. He was having a party. He was doing something on the West Coast right in the smack middle of a Yankee game. So I'm like, I, I, I questioned something at that point. So maybe that's when he, maybe that's Brian, when... <laughs> maybe Brian Cashman saw the same thing. Cashman was surfing Instagram too during the game. It's, yeah, it was like that. freaking Laguna Beach out there. He's all you know having a great time. Well, he's a Cali boy, dancing so with some honeys, right just doing what he's got to do. Yankees are playing ball, not watching the game, not caring. It's fine, man. That's cool. Have your California and your dreams. Now it's uh, it's all good. Now I'm like now I'm like turning on my on the guys, but it's a, uh, I mean it's a good deal. That's it. So even though we did give you guys this special episode on Tuesday, we will be doing our regular Thursday episode, so stay tuned for that. Also, we've got a treat. We got some voicemails about the Sunny Gray trade, so enjoy those, and we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. notification, uh, Sonny Gray sources. Sonny Gray to be acquired by Yankees for prospect Justin Fowler, James Caprellian, Jorge Mateo. Mateo, I expected. I was good with that. Fowler and Caprellian, too? I'm out. I'm done. No. Say no, Cashman. Say no. Sonny Gray, fuck yeah, coming to the fucking Yankee, yeah. Good work, Cash. This is DJ Mo Sloth in the 916. Did the Yankees really just get Sonny Gray for a box of chocolates and Jorge Mateo? Are you kidding me? I wish Cash was in front of me right now. I'd drop his pants and give him a Western-style handjob, that pretty motherfucker. I can't believe this shit. Let's not forget we just got international signing money, too, on two different trades. Can you say Japanese Babe Ruth and Pinstripes, baby? Let's go, Bronx Bombers! Billy, you ignorant slut. Yankees get Sonny Gray for James Caprillion, who just had Tommy John surgery. Jorge Mateo, who has had character and some maturity issues. And then Justin Fowler, who pretty much doesn't have a knee, and who knows if he can go back to an injury. Yankees win this trade 100%, and they've been more pumped up for the rest of the year. Go Yankees. Yo, what up? This is Rob, Bobby Hook. What a fucking deal. Sunny, Yankees. Anybody says that this is a bad deal is a fucking idiot. Cashman, you a fucking thief. I'm stoked. Everybody should be stoked. This is a big plus for us. Everybody chill the fuck out. Let's get it. Yankees go dirt. What a steal. I mean, you're trading two guys that have major injury concerns and... Or in Mateo, it's hard to give up. You're getting a controllable two-starter for two more years after this. I just think Brian Cashman deserves a Hall of Fame plaque already. What he's done in the last two years is unbelievable. From rebuild to contender, the guys put us back where we should, where we belong. Give him that Hall of Fame plaque. I think I'm uh, maybe overreacting a little bit too much. Uh, I really like Caprillion. I really like Fowler. They are both hurt. Uh, Mateo, I expected to be gone. Um, so maybe this is a good idea. Maybe it's a good trade. 
Uh, I really like Fowler and Caprelli, and I was high on them. We'll see. Go Yankees! Huge pickup by the Yankees. Um, you know, they kept Foyle in the deal, and um, they gave up two guys that are injured. You know, you don't know how people are going to bounce back from that, and uh, they got a cost control guy through 2020. So, I think Cashman did his job, and uh, we're set for a run now. I am leaning towards liking the trade just because, you know, we need the pitching and for the most part we did give up bats and, you know, like I said, I don't trust Caprillion uh, for the future. So, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and I do like that Sonny Gray is controllable for the next two years and, you know, we need starting pitching and the market is not very good, so... Glad we have Sonny Gray for the next two years, and uh, we'll see what happens with Dustin Fowler there. And I do still like the fact that we still have Floreal. So, again, this trade's mostly wait and see, but I am leaning towards liking it. Greg from Florida here. So we get Sonny Gray. I'm excited. At least here we come. But like the MLB guys did on TV, if it doesn't hurt, it's not a good deal. And it hurts. I really was looking forward to Fowler and Caprillion. However, man, we got Sunny Gray for a couple years. Here we go. Go Bombers. Scott and Andrew, um, super happy to hear that we got our guy Sunny Gray. A little bit sad we had to give up a firmer first round pick for Caprillion, uh, but super excited with uh, what the future holds. I uh, can't wait. Uh, see Tony Gray in the Bronx. Uh, can't wait. To, uh, we host that. Uh, you know, like they said, they said that we waved the white flag last year. This year, I hope we wave that 28th flag, the 28th championship flag. All right, guys. Let's have a wonderful day. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.